0: And a very good evening, everybody, and welcome to another one of our Spiritualism Lyceum Nights from the Paul Christian Spiritualist Church down in Paul in Dorset. We've got a wonderful gentleman on tonight, and I'm not talking about me. Our guest tonight (laughs) is, I'd like to say, a very good friend of mine, a good friend to our church, and what an advocate for spiritualism, Mr. Mark Stone. Mark, a very good evening to you, sir. Good evening, Laurie. Love. It's lovely to be here, isn't it? Absolutely. And talk about engineered that you are here tonight because I was thinking, I have left Saturday night's planning and I don't know why. And then yesterday in conversation, I went, this there is why. Go. There we go. <laughs> so... <laughs> good evening everybody joining us hello lovely colleen remember not to clap with a fractured finger because it hurts wayne good evening sir colin fran no doubt there so welcome welcome everybody joining hello phil so the topic is it's quite a broad sword tonight's topic isn't it uh spiritualism today in our mark pops round to look after his wares here at Paul Church and invariably about four hours later, <laughs> when we finished talking, <laughs> he actually does what he comes round for. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to talk, as BC, oh, BC used, hugely, used to say. <laughs> hugely, 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 um, But tonight, as I said, a very broad topic. Uh, Mark's got huge amount of knowledge. I respect him greatly for his knowledge, his understandings and teachings in spiritualism. We've got some wonderful people joining us tonight in the room. So welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. And it's just a general discussion as the evening unfolds about spiritualism today. And when I mean today, I mean today where we are today, not just a an now. ambiguous statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right now. Where are we just right now. now? Right this second.
1: <laughs> where are we now? Who knows?
0: I, I know it's it's very fluid, isn't it? Mm. Um, I think we had a. A sort of misconception that once we felt as though we'd moved out of the covid era, the risk era, that everything would just fall back into place. Mm. And I think that we are all finding that it's very, very, very far from the truth, not just within our movement of spiritualism, but the world in general and everything. Yeah, um, you are currently work- I know you're working very hard supporting the churches in the area, Mark, because again, one of these little uh, side effects of this time is I know in this area it to be true. And I understand it to be true in other areas that so the actual pool of evidential mediums who would work our platforms has shrunk significantly. Mm. And I mean, that in itself is a of, of a great concern to our movement. So you are finding, are you not, Mark? Um, mm. <clears throat> please feel free to join in. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for a question or a point there.
1: <laughs> <But I> know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but I know where you're going. I understand where you are. I think, I think at the moment. I mean, obviously during during COVID time, it it, it brought us with an, a a great challenge, obviously to to many churches and and many people who who work in our field to where you couldn't go physically out the door to go and do stuff. So of course, you know, like your yourself and some of the other churches and and organisations that were able to bring stuff online and did so created a a very new opportunity for people um, which I found very very interesting because it was a a big um, change for for everyone you know both congregation members churches and the mediums themselves and and of course a lot of people just felt that when um, Covid would finish it would all all, it would all dissipate or a lot of people saying oh this is only brief But actually what it's what it's done is it's opened the doors of spiritualism to a much wider audience which i think has been very much needed because of uh trying to deal with the the sense of a not being um involved in the community physically being able to get to people but being able to reach out online also that people that maybe have never come into contact with the understanding of the spirit world haven't investigated spiritualism but a questioning. It's open to that. And and I think that what it's done is it's actually given us a whole new tier um, of ways of connecting, ways of working, ways of communicating for the spirit world and for churches and for our movement and for all of us as individuals, whether we, you know, I, you know, we, we even have circles online and I know nothing beats sitting in a room with your circle and then having tea and biscuits and whatever afterwards and and chatting away into the wee hours but there's still other things that can be done when we are restricted in what we can do and you know I know that you and I had a little discussion the other day that you know for many churches it's made them think about how when they're reopening and reaching out into the world how they are going to do because there's been a lot of fear well what if we 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 can't get people in what if people won't come but actually and and you know i know in in your case at Paul and in, in some of the other churches i've been to i'm seeing more people coming when they know what's out there for people what churches are doing and what's available there's more people coming than before so it's kind of opened the doors now i know that that some people may be um, that may be online and they they may bring comments in, in as we go that they may have found that that they've not had that case. But then I'd say, well, is it is it actually that the the churches and the people aren't aren't reaching out enough using online to promote who they are, what they are, where they are. Um, you know, because I mean we've found um people I know often when I've been on here and, and seen the comments, there's people from all over the world that that join in for the lovely Sunday services and the family gatherings and everything else. It's not just confined to the people who used to come in our doors in the local area, you know, and those people are sort of being drawn in from from all corners of the world and, and, you know, the country and abroad.
0: Indeed, indeed. A gentleman made a comment a little while back and I thought, do you know what? I really like where you're coming from with that. Mm. Again, the discussion was about our churches and centers and attendances up and down. And somebody just mooted the point about, well, the trouble is people have seen mediumship on the telly mm-hmm. pre-COVID area. So we're talking about um, the gent from Canada, John Edwards yeah. and people of that ilk. So their version of spiritualism is an edited show. For of, sure just evidential mediumship, nothing else. Uh, so when these people start to investigate the spiritualist churches and are then confronted by prayer, philosophy, healing, meditation, all right, a lot of people, it really does appeal to, a lot of people are taken aback a bit, you know, yeah. they don't quite understand it. And unfortunately, this is something I've always noticed I don't know if it's peculiar to our movement or if it's a group identity in total. We do tend to cleave to the negative comments more so than the positive side. Well, we are British. And (laughs) there's that as well. (laughs) If if
1: we're we're good at anything, it's queuing and moaning. And... (laughs) But in what way, when you say about the negative comments, do you mean when people criticise
0: our movement? I mean, internally within our movement, uh, I have seen myself uh, the demonstrations, for example. This one example I know I often quote, but it just typifies the iceberg that we sometimes hit. We had uh, 145 people in here. Three people complained about the demonstration and the overall energy then converted to, well, we're not going to do that again. Because of three painful. Yeah. You know, and it does. And it, it it comes over in many, many forms as well. Mm. I mean, even to uh, the point of a message given in church, you may have that wonderful string of beautiful evidence, and one part, for whatever reason, doesn't fit. Mm. And people go out and say, "Well, he didn't have blue eyes." T- totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's a lovely
1: there's a a, a lovely um, uh, spirit artist, a guy called Bill Forrester, um, who lovely, lovely, lovely man, really nice. And I used to get to see him when I used to go down to Shirley Chubb Summer School, and he was telling me a story that uh, he was doing a demonstration. And he, and he was, and Bill's pictures are beautiful. Anyone that's ever seen him work will tell you. And and he was doing charcoal um, pictures. And he started to draw this young man who um, was in spirit and he had had um, like a cancer condition, but he got to um, have one of these Make-A-Wish foundations and they'd taken him to where there was an American bomber and he got to wear an American bomber jacket. And all of this came up in this lovely reading as he's doing this picture mm-hmm. And at the end, when he went to give the picture to the the parents who had accepted the message, they said, oh, we can't accept it. And he said, why not? He said, well, his eyebrows weren't like that. Yeah. So all the information and everything that had come, but sometimes there's just that bit of, as you say, there's that bit of resistance that sometimes comes in. and, and, And again... Um, when we look at uh, de- people developing their mediumship, you can give 99 great connections and you'll always get focused on oh that I'm, I'm no good as a medium because that one wasn't very good. Indeed. And, and you hone in and remember the, 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 the 99 the 99 yeses you forget the one no you remember or the one difficult demonstration out of a whole slew of wonderful ones. Um, and that's the one you you give yourself a hard time for, and and there's there is an element of that's our our inner speak. And again, when you said about when people criticise um, an event or a medium or whatever, we you know there's that lovely thing you know we can't necessarily please everyone all of the time Indeed. in everything that we do, and and sometimes you you you're being compared. You're as a medium, we get compared to other mediums. Um, you know we get compared to last week's medium or the last time we saw someone or the last person who gave someone a message and again even when churches are working and you have new people that take over churches um, don't we hear well we know we've we've always done it this way when there's a new option to change something and try something new Um, you know we've done this for 30 years and and that's how it's going to remain well does it should it you know There's nothing to say it shouldn't and there's nothing to say that it should. But sometimes just the very thought of change, of changing the way we do things, changing the way we look at things is what frightens people the most because it's taking away maybe what they felt has always been certain about what they want, you know. And in the development and the training of our mediums, of our mediums, um, theres There's been great changes in understanding about mediumship. There's been great changes in the needs, although people's needs are always basically coming down to the same few things, but society's needs and what we need to offer in society has changed. You know, look at what we've gone through in the last couple of years. I mean, you know, who would have ever thought we would be having to try and support a community that we can't even reach and get to because everybody's behind closed doors. Very
0: true. We've we've
1: never had that. Even during wartime, circles were meeting at homes. People were in each other's houses. We had a period where nobody could really see anybody else. So technology became the way. So thank God for technology during the last couple of years.
0: Indeed. Indeed. It has managed to not only bridge the gap, but it's also built new forms, new ways of understanding. Uh, the fact now that uh, we've got wonderful mediums in the room watching us tonight we've got uh, Bill Richin, who I know has worked mediumistically online in other countries lovely Adam Berry ditto, has worked mediumistically online whereas before I think a lot of it and myself included I said the other week I used to have a pair of lucky socks at one stage of my mediumship and if I didn't have my lucky socks on it wouldn't work it was as simple as that We were steeped in uh, an unknowing of the ability of spirits. Absolutely. And when we found that actually we can connect, we Mm. can come together in new ways, and also I feel better ways, nights like this where we just talk. Yes. I think are a huge attribute to our movement. Mm. Because it really is getting into the grassroots of people in our, in our movement to be able to come into evenings like this and others equally well as run across the net. and just talk about things and yeah. give opinions and hear other views. Yeah, And we're not on our, our own sacred soil. Uh, I'm not being rude or disrespectful. We're not in our church, our safety zone. So yeah. we're here, and we're like, do you know what? I'm quite open now to listening. Yeah. I'm quite adept now at talking about things. So we've got lovely Arisha here from Newton Abbott, and she's just commenting. I'm seeing more people and more younger people yeah. in church. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, thank I you, Arisha. I, th- I think
1: there's, there's, you know, it. What's always fascinated me is that I've I've been a lifelong spiritualist. So I was born into a spiritualist family and 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 have been working for 30 years. And so, you know, I've seen mediumship and churches back in the in the 80s. I could say in the 70s, but I can't remember that far back, but I was around then. Um <laughs> But in the 80s, I remember, you know, we used to go to a church, you know, if we went to Bournemouth Church or Charminster or Poole or wherever you went. And if you didn't get there half an hour before the service started, you didn't get a seat. Mm. The The churches would be solidly packed. Now, since those times, the belief in the afterlife and the spirit world has not lessened. It has grown. And yet we've not necessarily seen you know, over the years, people have said, oh, we've just seen a decline in the churches and it's because of the use of the word church. And I don't always agree with that. I, I, I'm I, not always certain that changing from a church to a centre necessarily does anything other than, you know, some people might think, oh, I don't know, I think church may be, tr- they might try and convert to me in some way or some manner. But I actually feel that that if we lose, if we lose the element of understanding that connection, and the philosophy and the understanding and the fact that, you know, to me, it is my religion. If I'm going into a hospital or whatever, I my religion is spiritualist. You know, I was named in a spiritualist church by a spiritualist minister as a baby. You know, so to me, it, you know, when people say oh, it should never have been a religion, it is my religion, but it is my science. It is my belief. It is my understanding. It's my way of life. Um, so, you know, and I think that for some people, where you rightly said, all they see is mediumship. And, you know, we we, we see all of the more dramatic elements, maybe, of spiritualism on, on the television, you know, when people demonstrate and then some of these, you know, ghost hunting programmes. I won't get on my soapbox and start about those. Needless to say, they're not they're not a desired thing for me. I don't think that they do us any service or any credit. But I think that, you know, people only see that side and don't understand that there is, you know, the, the lovely churches, the support that comes through the churches, the healing that's there. I mean, really primary to everything, everything we do is healing. We know that, you know, mediumship is healing, being in the church and and having somebody to talk to uh, or to have listened to us is a healing act. And, you know, I think that, that over the years, People um, have, unfortunately, you know, you get into that sort of, oh, I'm just a healer. And and almost it's like mediums are the superstars. And I actually don't think that's the case, um, you know, because everything is about healing. And, and so often how many people um, want to or need that healing, but don't understand that it's there for everybody, that they think they have to be ill. To to receive healing and healing is about bringing that lovely energy um, to the the spirit as well as the body, to the mind. You know, that healing is is there for everyone. And that's why when we go in that church and we sit there, um, that power becomes palpable during a service, that power of healing. And, And people go away and should go away from a service, whether they receive a physical message from someone or not should go away uplifted because the power of it um, should touch everyone in that room. The The fact of stepping away from daily life and into the stillness and the power, um, you know, is, is there
0: definitely. Hugely. And I think there's something I've become more and more aware of over the last few months. And it's the use of wordage. Mm. Um, I'll touch upon it there where you said about the church in the centre it's a word. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And we do. We sometimes we kick off because we hear mm. a word that's got all the triggers associated with it, <laughs> rightly or wrongly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think we need to sort of like be very mindful when we mm. hear words, is not to allow them to trigger things. Mm. One of the things I've been working with very much and probably really annoys my congregation. <laughs> Is I know (laughs) who to thunk Um, is the term medium Mm -hmm. because we have we have we've got it ingrained in us now that we say a medium. It's somebody stands up there and says, "I've got your mother here." Mm -hmm. So I I do push home this point. I do talk about our healing mediums. I do talk about our evidential mediums. I do talk about our philosophical mediums. And to me, that helps to start, break down these, this wall. Oh, we're going to see a medium tonight. And if they get here and that medium, then we'll say we've got a Lyceum service as we oh. did the other week. Then gives, and you've taken a beautiful one, uh, 45 minutes on the history of spiritualism. Well, they go out, upset, annoyed, <laughs> because... That definition of medium to them has not
1: been met. But do you? Do, we had this conversation yesterday about the difficulty that sometimes happens is that that people's expectations and especially um, on with what's being seen online is that everything's about demonstration. And and you know, as we all know, any of us that have been working in the movement over the years is that some places only open once a week and all they do is a demonstration they don't even have a necessarily a divine service and you know and and if if people are only seeing demonstrations that's the limited view that they will always see and of course people say well you know people want messages but of course until people realize there's a greater message in the philosophy and that actually they can be sustained and fulfilled and challenged maybe in what they think and believe by philosophy and the the message the bigger message of spiritualism then they don't know that and you know and and we know there are people and maybe we've all been guilty of it we follow certain mediums you know or I'll go tonight because there's so and so on and I love the way they demonstrate and I think they're whatever but actually when you you know that you're looking for something more once you've had the proof and the evidence of survival that's where if there's nothing else being offered people will wander away because well, you know, I, I found out life's eternal, lovely. But it shouldn't stop there. It shouldn't stop there. It should allow us to move on, to know that there is something more. And that's where um, and I'm and I'm I'm not pointing any fingers at anywhere here, because I've worked all over places. So please don't think, you know, I've suddenly made a comment about one or two places. But often there's nothing to follow on from it, you know people might start to be interested in developing and if there's nowhere for them to develop at the place that they're going to they wander off you know they go somewhere else they go looking somewhere else if if there's no support if there's no healing if there's no um past if i say pastoral care um again they'll they'll wander off so they'll look elsewhere and i mean now look at online online presents us with a lot of opportunities um, to do other things, you know, and to be able to connect um, to people all over the place. And and so, you know, where some people might say, oh, well, you know, the internet is is taking away from the people that might be coming into the churches. I would, I might suggest and be devil's advocate and say, well, what is it they're getting from the internet that they're not getting from your church or centre? know there's, there's the question. And again, it's not saying, you know, who am I? I mean, I have been a, a vice president on a church committee. I have been involved on other committees. I won't go back to committees. I've told my mother to load a shotgun and shoot me if I ever say I'm going to be on committee again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was, but as you know, I support and, and work in the background. I'm a trustee of a church. Um, and now at Charminster, I've gone back as a trustee. Um, to be in the background and to support so you know it's it's about what can you um, offer and again this is and I know you know again running churches I mean I don't know whether people who who enter into them understand how much goes on in the background and how much work it takes just to have the doors open even once a week for a service and you know and I'm not um, knocking when people haven't got that Um, but you know when you look at um, the potential of some places and and they just get smaller and smaller and they shrink and shrink because they go there's not enough interest, there's not And of course as you respond to that negative thought, well, people aren't interested. but even if only a handful are, those people it's then about encouraging them to to bring more you know and to talk about it and to reach out and again, those that have the, the opportunity to reach out via online. You know, they can then start to to connect and and bring more people. You know, and and this is this is it. You know, it's about what what we're able to share with others. And you know, I was at a church the the other week, and I said, you know, here's my challenge for you: if spiritualism means so much to you, next time you come, bring a friend who hasn't been or has talked to you about spiritualism but has never come bring a friend, let them actually see, rather than just asking you and saying, oh, what is it you do, bring them and show them, you know, talk about your your belief, your understanding, what it's given you, and, and bring those people in, be proud to be a spiritualist, you know, um, people used to be a bit quiet, you know, behind closed doors, people didn't used to talk about their beliefs, but actually, yes, talk about it, talk about you know, what what the movement gives you. Talk about the wonderful and share. I mean, obviously on Facebook, it's great because you can go click, shared to all of your friends if you like something. But in a physical way, you know, if churches are worried about people, say to their congregations, bring some friends, bring people with you, you know, and give them the opportunity to find what you find in spiritualism.
0: Most definitely. And it's encouraging uh, our Congregations, encouraging uh, oh. people. I I'm, I'm, must be doing something right here at Paul because our congregation really doing gay The library here has never been so busy. Yeah, uh, which is just a huge joy, you know, because oh, yeah. everybody who either works as an evidential medium or would you like to come on a committee, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you go get me into trouble. I'm <laughs> enough. That's I-, all right. <laughs> I know your mum, but you should be all right. <laughs> no, but everybody who gets involved in running uh, a church or a center or working as the public face for whatever mm. facet of spiritualism you appertain to, you also then come under the role as being a teacher. Mm. You are looked to for knowledge. And in my book, that makes you a teacher. And is part and parcel, you use a lovely term there, pastoral care. Yeah. It's part and parcel that you meet that with knowledge or at least with, do you know what, that's not my field. However, how about this person? Because they yeah. excel at what you're looking for. Absolutely. And I think that's re- that energy has really got to return to our uh, churches and centers. Now, you spoke there, uh, delving back into the very dim and distant past of the 70s. Yeah. Now, this is something that's been knocking around in the back of my little brain for a few days. When people say about the churches of those eras were packed. Uh And I remember stories here of Charminster. You couldn't get near the place. If you weren't there an hour before service, you went home. Yeah. What were they doing then that we're not doing now? Or... What has changed in our world that wasn't there then?
1: I I think there's a lot more distraction for people. You know, right. if you think about it, go back to the go back to the 70s. We had what two television channels then? Yeah. Was it only two. Um yeah. we didn't have we didn't have internet. we didn't have any of that. Um, you know, it's the same as dedication for circles. Circles were a way that the family could sit around and do something for an evening for a lot of people. Um, other than going to the pub, you know, there was another thing to do or go to church, and you know, life has life has changed dramatically. Um, you know, look at the speed of things. Look at, you know, God knows how many television channels, on-demand channels, stuff going on morning, noon, and night. You know, even when even when I was a kid, I remember the TV going off at like midnight and then yeah. hearing. Peep! And the little white dot you know and god save the queen before that happened um and showing my age now i'm terrible but um <laughs> at least <laughs> <laughs> so you know when you when you when you look i think that there, there is the the faster pace demand of life and so people have become so caught up in in so many other distractions and therefore you know, I mean, you know, you. know, I always used to, and you and I will both know this, when you used to sit in circle, um, you know, you didn't miss a circle. Hmm. You know, you could, if you were abroad, if you had to go on holiday, you could miss it, but you were often encouraged not to book going away when circle was on. Or the only other excuse, if you were not well, was if you were dead. And then if you were dead, hey, you had to hey, come hey. back with a message. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you're still expected to attend. Um <laughs> But you know, there, but now you know uh, there is a different. There is a difference in things, and I think that unfortunately, the faster pace of life, the faster demand, are uh, we're wanting a, a lot of people, and this also causes causes us a lot of uh, mental and emotional stress because we're, we we're constantly stimulated, we're overstimulated, and people want to be constantly distracted rather than dealing with stuff, and of course that allows. Mental health issues to build up because we don't deal with the issue. We're just getting distracted all the time. But also, I think in in from a mediumistic point of view, people have got lots of other things they could be doing. And so, you know, it comes down to dedication and commitment um, of why we're not seeing um, as much. And that and I'm not saying there aren't dedicated people out there, but I know now a lot more people are interested in development of mediumship if you like as a as a hobby and as an interest rather than as a vocation which i have no problem with because not everyone necessarily wants to be a platform medium a healer or a reader as a as their their pathway their vocation a lot more people are interested in it as from a personal level get that entirely but it's quite interesting to see that people because of the fast pace of life want things quite instantly and quite quickly um, people want to do something, and in a weekend or six weeks or, or, or a month, they want to be doing it, and that's it. They've done it then. And, you know, we would sit in circles for years. I'm still working on my development. You, as you know, those of you who, who knew Glenn, Glenn went back to sitting in a, in a beginner circle again um, a few years prior to his passing. And I said, and when people said to him, why have you gone back to a beginner's circle and said, I need to unlearn some of the bad behaviours And methods that I've learned over the years, and I want to just go back to the beginning of sitting with spirit, and just getting back to the essence of what's there, and and so as you and I talked yesterday, often mediums will get out there themselves, start working, and then not have the time because of how much is demanded, the time for their own mediumship and their own development and their own needs, and and I think there is a, a real call um and this is why nights like this are really good because we don't talk enough about spiritualism we don't talk enough about our development and our progression and our pathway and even in the movement there's a lot of people where it's all they do is go to workshops to practice stuff not to learn stuff which i know might sound really funny but often all people want to do is do if you get them to sit down and say, let's let's talk about mediumship, let's talk about your worries and concerns, you get people kind of yawning and looking at their watches as if when are we going to do some work? But actually, if you went to the college years ago, up to Stansted, you would have lecture after lecture after lecture after lecture. You didn't have workshops every session because it was understood you need to get an understanding and a knowledge and a foundation of knowledge. That's why it's so lovely to hear about the library, you know, to actually go into these things, to look at the history, to look at the other famous spiritualists and and some of the ones that nobody's ever heard of, um, but have still their books out there about them, and and then also spending time on working on our own personal development, and um, because again, people come in thinking that you know when you start to to develop or work, it's all about communicating with the discarnate world. But it's actually about communicating with your own spirit, looking within you, looking at, at what's gone on in your life, the baggage that we all have in whatever form, in whatever way that's unique to us and to deal with that so that, you know, and that takes time. You know, it's not something you can just wave a wand at and go, there you go, you're done, you're finished out there and into the world. We're a continuous work in progress. And and that's what we we should be encouraging other people to realize rather than the quick fix mentality that's that's kind of offered out there um you know a while a, a while back a, a book was released which was something like 12 weeks to become a platform medium and i thought my god if i only knew it was 12 weeks why have i wasted years <laughs> but what it what it appeals to is what the quick fix you know and and when when things you know the, the way things are packaged use this technique and you'll always give good messages Wow! If only we'd known. It's not like that. Mediumship is unique. It's individual. It's changing. Um, it alters all the time. You know, there's so much um, to it. It's it's not something that can just be done in a weekend or done like. A, it's a journey over
0: over years. It's a it's a lifetime's journey and beyond, really. Indeed. Just you know that that's very much as well in my energy, has and has been now for uh, a couple of months. That it's just this thought keeps coming back into my head that we're not investing in our mediums yeah. and the way that's transcribing. It doesn't matter what your mediumship is if it's evidential, if it's healing, if it's philosophical, or any other form of receiving that inspiration from the spirit world and utilizing in our work we are not doing enough and as you you said something there and I thought I like that it's not about a workshop to go along and do something new it's about coming together to sort of like review where you are Mm -hmm. have a maybe a step back and have a look at yourself but also as you quite rightly pointed out in conversation yesterday one person's experience is going to be somebody else's lesson maybe in the past or to yet come. Yeah. And absolutely. I really, I really do feel impelled that that is something it is coming into Paul Church to allow, when I say working mediums, it is not limited to the evidential mediums. I don't care how you use your mediumship. It's yours, not mine yeah. to dictate, but we'll, we will have classes to to allow you to work on yourself. I know myself. I've been hugely frustrated because I'm hands on Mr. Do, which is wonderful and I'll do it all over again. My personal development sort of like drove off the grass verge, disappeared down the ditch and was last seen smoking by exit 13 on the Hamworthy bypass, you know.
1: But that's, that's that lose that's that's what happens when and we all and we all do this because you know've we've, we've, there is a there, when there is a calling to serve, we, we it's very easy that everybody and everything else gets put first and we end up getting put down the bottom of the list because we feel that's what service is is to give and to give and to give. and, and sadly, um, if we're not careful, we give until we've got nothing left. And then all the people and the situations that we've been giving to move on to someone else. And so there is, there is a great learning for all of us that we have to take the time to look after number one. We, you know, whatever field we're in, and this doesn't even apply just to mediumship in life generally, you know, you can't let people drink from an empty cup. You can't offer them anything if you've got nothing left yourself. And, and so the self nurture and the self care which was something that you know um, I used to talk to Glynn a, a lot about over the years, because you know when when you have so many demands placed on you, and and many of the the mediums, the the working mediums that are in the room will will know that that you get you get called upon by this church and the next church and the next church. In my twenties, when I was working full time, so I was working a full time retail job uh, and doing theatre work as well. I was then serving 200 churches a year um, and I literally didn't have a, a life other than work, church and everything else. And by the time I hit 30, I was bur- I was not burnt out, but I was tired. And I suddenly looked back and went, where did my 20s go? Where did my social life go? I'm supposed to be I'm supposed to have been out there enjoying life. And although I've enjoyed what I've been doing, no one's forced me to. I felt that I should be doing because I'm wanting to be of service but the one person in in the world that I wasn't serving and doing justice to was myself because I was giving and giving giving to the point I haven't got anything left and and I had to redress all of that and start to think you know there's nothing wrong in once in a while saying no to things that you know because that's my only weekend off in three or four months there's nothing wrong in saying do you know what I can't do this at the moment. I can't commit to it because of life and situations that are going on. And rather than let people down, I'd rather not book something in than book it in and then let someone down, book it in and let someone down, um, you know, uh, in the course of, of, you know, my work. So you have to learn, you know, to, to self care, to self nurture, That's self awareness, you know, the wisdom to stop
0: and to rest. Indeed, indeed. I'd, I'd just like to uh, split this evening. I'd just like to throw that topic out. I'm seeing some absolutely beautiful oh. names coming up in the box here tonight. We've got Adam Berry, Bill Rich, Phil Shaw, lovely Stephen Mager in the room, We uh, Marion Walls. We've got mediums in this room tonight who I really respect for their work for spirit the way they present themselves the way they strive for more and more ashley oliver the reverend ashley oliver Hi. How, <laughs> how do you feel yourselves do you feel as though um, there is a need for sort of either groups where you can come together in a peer group and talk openly and frankly, and try to just work on your soul. Not a new technique. Not talking about bringing in another aspect of the mediumship. You know, oh look, I've got a feather now, right? So with this feather, I can go on to that. And I'm not being demeaning. So stop laughing and don't complain, anybody, because I can block you. Now, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not talking about bringing in a new aspect of the mediumship. We're talking about you, mm. you. You, Adam, you, Ashley, you, Phil, you, Stephen. How do you feel at this time? Is it something you've given consideration to? Is it something you already um, manage quite handily yourself? And if so, please share. So while that is concocting on the side there, just go back through a few of the comments. I forgot to mention another wonderful medium, the lovely Ron Cox from Florida. Um, Just picking up on an earlier thread there, and he said, even during the Civil War, President Lincoln and Martha held seances in the White House. That was going back to the time we were talking about being locked in. Uh Gail Handley here. I'm so grateful for spiritualist churches going on Zoom, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. Oh, gosh, have built up a lot. Susan Brown just asked a question there. Was it Winifred Moyes who packed halls with trance philosophy demonstrations? The answer is yes. Yes.
1: And Estelle Roberts and Gordon Higginson and so many more. Helen Hughes, lots of people. So many, so many people. And again, you know, we one of the things interesting enough, a number of years ago back with with Bath Road, we looked at the idea of, um, you know, the spiritualist rallies that used to be done. Where you'd have a whole day, you'd you'd get a, a theatre or or something like that, and then you would have a whole day of lectures and demonstrations and talks on all aspects of spiritualism, to to really sort of push it and promote it out there um, to a lot of people, and almost with a uh, an open door policy, you know, almost nothing in the way of fees or anything like that, you know, to try and encourage people from the outside to, to come and do that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Lovely. Anne Bennett there. Thank you, Anne. The checks in the post, my darling, for this comment. Um, I think Lawrence draws people in because he covers a multitude of practices of spiritualism. Plus he has the respect and reverence of God or whatever people accept as a great universal energy. Plus the all inclusive attitude, community spirit too. Yeah. Mark is right. People want instant magic mediumship. Mm. Thank you, Anne. Uh, very touched by that comment. And I love that you're talking about the revival there, um, the rallies, because I really do think I'm so pleased to see on Facebook, and I'm not putting this down to me and what we've done, uh, it's, it's in the ether. You know, this energy is out there and we are sensitive. This is why we gravitate towards this religion and philosophy, because we can express that sensitivity. And it is something that's been sort of put out on a high pulse by spirit about talking more. And I am seeing uh, across the nation different types of meetings coming in. And the rally idea, I think, is absolutely beautiful. We had a rally here for the yeah. spiritists. Yes, and that was mega mm. all day. Yeah, they had six speakers from the UK and Brazil all day. People coming, going, coming, going, coming. It was an awesome energy. It is, you know, it's they the, those things used to be flinging
1: flinging the doors open to the to the public. Everybody was invited. I think sometimes what what tends to happen is that that we just tend to be talking just to the people that are sat with us at a time and say, we're organising this event for you, rather than saying, actually, we're we're organising it for you, but and opening it to everyone in the community and bringing people in to find out, you know, about the nature of spiritual healing, to find out about the philosophy and the history a bit to find out about the scientific explorations and things like that you know because you know a lot of people will will go oh there's a demonstration and kind of think about that but actually when people start to hear about all the other things and the fascinating things and i mean um yeah uh, Stephen who's on tonight um when he came and did that service for you at the Lyceum and, and talked about the scientific um approach to, you know that kind of thing for a lot of people, especially for those people that say, you know, oh, well, I know loads of people that are sceptical. Um, Stephen's talk on that, um, and you can go back and find it on the the library that uh, I think uh, uh, has been recorded here. Um, you know, you could turn around to any sceptic and and go, right, well, you go and find me a scientific experiment that's ever proved there's not,
0: yeah,
1: and there hasn't been. And so, you know, if someone had that took that away with them and went, oh, hang on a minute here's somebody telling me science tells me no, but actually science hasn't proved not. So, you know, it opens up if if we're able to bring in all these other aspects, the science, the religion, the understanding, showing people that it is more than just the demonstrable evidential mediumship, then it starts to really make people think there's more for me here. There's more for me to understand. There's more for me to grow. And that's how we'll bring people in not just by we're going to do lots and lots of demonstrations or we're going to do demonstrations every single week and that's going to bring, there needs to be more, more to it,
0: definitely. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Look out, Paul Church. Guess what's going to happen next year? <laughs> <laughs> Adam Berry, thank you, Adam. Thank you for joining us tonight and thank you for your input. Personal development is fundamental. I agree with Mark. It is a passion of his, understanding the philosophy of our own soul and needs. Wonderful to hear, Adam, because as I say, I think we can fall into that trap of the, the cup empty. I like that phrase. I love phrases I can see uh we are in danger of this at this time because everywhere where we've got this shrinkage of availability of mediums evidential mediums the pressure on them is growing exponentially to go out and keep pulling the rabbit out of the hat every time but what about you What? what about you yeah. yeah, not the medium, not the quality of your messages, not the depth and breadth of your understanding. What about you? Where are you? Yeah. Reverend Ashley Oliver. Yes, those are the natures of the circle that I hold these days. Less about developing mediumship. And as I say, who holds the spirit workers, who holds the sitters? Mm-hmm. Lots of spiritual workers have been holding so much in the last few years they need some kind of space just to be... Ashley, you and I must be, I don't know, star-crossed lovers or something because... Uh, <laughs> Careful. tongues will wag. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I, I've seen her husband and I know when to run. Uh, <laughs> but Exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I... <clears throat> I'm not going for a sympathy thing. It's just a purely factual, evidential mm. part about what I'm talking about. Uh, I lost both my cats just very mm. recently, and heartbroken is not the word. Mm. And do you know what? I just had a thought in my uh, in my head. Who cares for the carers? Yeah. Yeah, I do not begrudge. I will sit here and hold anybody's hand 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If it helps them, God bless them, I'll do it. Mm me I was at that bereft yeah and I didn't know what to do. Mm. Uh, very difficult. Mm. Very difficult. And that's where that's
1: where the, the people that and this is one of the one of the things mediumship can be can be very <coughs> insular um once we're out there working. Um, you know, I mean many many years ago you know I don't know how it is now because it's a long time ago but you know, when when people used to train at the college and then become a tutor, they were not encouraged to go back and be a student on anyone else's course, because now they were a tutor. There had to be that sense of separation. And, you know, this was something that, that you know, Glyn and I used to discuss. And I said to Glyn once when he was visiting us down here, we went to a beautiful place called Hillfield Friary over in Dorchester. And as we were walking around the grounds, I said to him, you know, what we really need to do is is do like retreats for working mediums that's just not about demonstrating and that but actually sitting talking talking about their worries their concerns their fears their issues that have come up in their own development because again you know once you're out there working you're in a totally different space and and things happen to you that can um elevate you or can can destroy you and so we talked about this while we're walking and nothing really happened and then um, when he got his his cancer diagnosis, the later on that year, um, he rang me up and he said, "I've booked a date in your diary. Are you available?" And I went, um, "Yeah, yeah, I'm available." And we hired a, a, a retreat centre, which was actually a um, a convent retreat centre, and about eight of us, uh, seven or eight of us, were, who were all working mediums in in different aspects, um, went and and basically held a, a a whole weekend of us sitting, talking, um, we even in the, um, although the mother superior would have killed us if she'd walked in, we were sat in the prayer room having seances and all sorts of things just for us, you know, and um, and then we were lucky because um, Glyn asked if Sue Farrow could bring Eric Hatton for the day and she drove Eric across to Oxford and we spent the day talking with Eric about what he felt about spiritualism and, and where things were and what did he feel and think about the movement going forward. And and it was just such a fantastic couple of days. And then after Glynn passed, which wasn't too long after that, we actually went back to that same retreat centre mm-hmm. to sit and talk and support each other through the loss of someone who had been such a a vital part of, of of our journey, you know and and just to have that time and, and and as you say, it's not about anything else other than you know how can we support each other, which is what you've brought up also with churches, how can we support each other, but that supporting of the person you know who cares for the carers, who who supports the mediums when you feel like you're out there on your own doing it all? You know, yeah. this is what we need to look at more and more
0: now, I think. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. Lovely Bill Rich says he would love to sit with spirit in circle and go back to basics again, not just to relearn over the years of service, but to heal myself. Yeah. I think mediums can become damaged by the expectations put on us. Yes. I'm going to add to that, Bill, because we do talk a lot on the phone. Uh It's not only the expectations that... Is put upon us, it's the expectations we put upon ourselves. Okay. And I know uh, from talking to you that that is going to be a factor there. Mm. And you can tell me I'm wrong, but please don't tell me in rude words because we are live on air. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we. <sighs> Lovely Stephen Mega. There we go. Best oh, of You're very kind.
1: Uh, it's wonderful. If you haven't, this is the one thing I love about what Lawrence has done with, with everything here. All the services and all, all of the talks have been recorded so that you can go back. It's a living library of every demonstration, of every talk, of every, well, most of them, not all of them, because obviously a few have disappeared because of technical issues. Um, but, you know, that that's a resource for a community. It's a free resource that people can go back to um you know the talk um I keep I've 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 used the link to the talk we did about everyday practices for hard times spiritual practices that we did yeah. and I've had so many people who who have had issues and upsets and I've said look here's here's a, a, a nearly a two-hour talk I did for Paul um this is what I do this is how I work on myself now Go and go and watch that, and and you know put some of it into place, you know, because this is tough times we're going through, and we need things to do, um, and ways that we can work on ourselves, you know. So it's it's really, you know, what a wonderful resource this allows us to have yet again, you know, it's there and it's free, and you can go back and re-listen and re-listen,
0: you know, and see what's there. Indeed, lovely arisha saying it can be very isolating being a medium Mm. because it's hard to catch up with others as we are nearly always at churches and centers on the same nights absolutely how very very true Mm. how very true
1: that's why we had our lovely friday night oh yes
0: (laughs) oh (laughs) yes nothing like a spontaneous outburst uh, (laughs) everything had a berry Not everyone is a medium or aspires to be, and there has to be something within spiritualism to hold everyone. Yes. I believe the principles are keys, guidance to living life. Mm. We can be too concerned with the afterlife, which is beautiful and a reality, but we can be too fixated on death and forgetting spiritualism is about life now and living. Absolutely. Not just the phenomena. Hope you have explained that very well, Adam. Absolutely. Every it's not about
1: the dead, it's about the living.
0: Yeah. Every uh, book, Simon James, Brian Robertson, put it over so wonderfully and so succinctly. You know, if you believe there's an afterlife, how much does that make you love the life you're living now? Uh-huh. Uh, it was just so beautiful. Um, and it's true. And our churches and centres with the, um, the services, whatever format they are, we should be empowering everybody who's in that congregation to be able to walk out of these doors, not only feeling uplifted because of that energy that's been generated, but with something in their mind to help them handle what they're going to find in reality outside the yes. doors and yeah. handle that in a spiritual way. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I, I, when I came and did the, um, I don't know if it was the Lyceum service or the last church service I, I, I did, um, for you Lawrence and and a lady came up to me afterwards and and she was saying about how much she'd enjoyed the address and and how it had lifted her and and I said the lovely thing is you can go back and re-listen to it and and let it lift you again because it's recorded I said you know I listen to positive and motivational speakers and and I'm on mentorships and things and she said oh but you do all of this so so you're there already and I said no I'm a constant work in progress I'm I'm on a mentorship course where someone is mentoring me for personal development nothing to do with mediumship but a lot of what I'm learning in there and and working with filters down into into what comes out in the church services and and the people that I listen to uplift me and challenge my thoughts about things and and make me put things into a different perspective and you know that's outside of of spiritualism in the box it's about looking beyond that, looking to other understandings, other psychologies, other awareness, other aspects of science, you know. And again, it's, it's continually evolving. And, and as I said to you yesterday, when we were talking, there was, I was listening to a, a guy called um, George Zalaki, And um, George Zalaki, I always pronounce his name wrong. And listening to one of his talks and he said, you know, the mind is really can be split into two parts, the thinker and the prover. Whatever you choose to think, the other part of your mind will prove to be true. So if you think it's going to go wrong and it's bad and it's terrible, the other part of your mind will find all the evidence that proves that to be true. If you think something is good, worthwhile and you're going to do it well, the other part of your mind will find the proof and the evidence that proves that is so as well. And, you know, to be able to explain that to someone about when they talk about their mediumship, you know i've heard people go into demonstrations all oh, the spirit world are, are messing about with my mediumship at the moment and i'm all over the place that's what you think you'll find the proof that proves your demonstration will be that way you know i don't think i'm going to do this or this isn't going to be right you'll find the proof to prove it so the mindset that takes us into these things in on every level um you know that's something that i'm learning more and more about you know although i've always known that all energy follows thought when i'm hearing it explained in different terms in different ways it drives it home to me again and, and i often say to students uh, you know we'll go we're going to do an exercise oh i'm no good at this mm. don't put the block there before you even do the work be open to the experience be open to the way of working you know look at the amount of people that said you know when we first got faced with working online and a Zoom room, the first time someone said, will you come and do a Zoom service for us? And I'm like, well, how do I know I'm going to be able to do this? Because there's going to be all these little faces in boxes like the Muppet show. How am I going to know what I'm doing? And I watched, and I watched, I actually went and watched another medium work online, uh, Simone Key, who I loved, really brilliant demonstrator. And she demonstrated and I went, that's inspired me. She can do it. And that's how she did it. And I don't have to look around the screen and try and work out. Just tell them what spirit's telling you and tell them to put their hand up. We had, I think, that first demonstration March two years ago, there were 60 odd people in a Zoom room. So you can imagine it's more than one screen. And she and the person said, are you going to pick out people? And I went, no. I said, purely the spirit world will give me evidence and then we'll we'll have hands up. But I said, I'm asking that really we only have one person who can accept it and that's what happened and and i was like oh my god it works and, yeah. and you know and great and that challenged me because i went i don't know how this is going to work but i trust the other world know how it will work and i trust that they'll get it right and i follow them
0: very true going back on to the uh support yeah. for the workers yeah. the reverend ashley oliver here Sees my spiritual director for supervision every month and have a peer spiritual counseling. Not only is it a requirement of my ministry as part of my growth and ethics, it is the best and most nourishing part of my own soul inquiry and my relationship with God. That's Lovely. beautiful, actually. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Ashley is a, an interfaith minister and i think that is an absolutely cracking mm. setup which is yeah. wonderful if you are associated with a body that is allowed and empowers things like that to happen and uh, you see
1: for me this is this is the role of mentors teachers and circle leaders in a nutshell because we were we, i was talking about this with the, with a couple of students the other day and i said you know as a, as a medium and as a teacher and as a circle leader or whatever in the past, um, when I work with people, when I've worked with them, they are part of, of ostensibly, my family. And so although I may not see them, they are always, you know, available to be in touch with me, to support, just as I was with Glynn and as I was for Glynn, because sometimes he'd ring me and say, I need to talk to someone just to get something off of my chest. I went, fire away. And the same vice versa and the same, you know, with people like yourself, Lawrence, and there are other people that I know that, you know, you can talk to and you can have that because of your connection and your understanding. And, you know, and that's something that I think that that we that's the pastoral bit for me that, you know, I'll have people ring me that I haven't heard of for seven or eight years. And then they'll say, I just needed to phone and speak to someone and I knew I could speak to you. And I may not have heard from them in all that time. But the point is that you're there for the people that, you know, you're, you're a, a part of that journey. That's, that's the important thing. When I said about pastoral care, just like being here, you know, that's why circle leaders, you know, you, you, had, you used to have such a strong bond. But again, it's, it's knowing the people that you're able to, and I think here comes the important, people you can trust mm-hmm. and people you know won't steer you wrong. Yeah. And I think that's so that's what what in essence, to me, mentoring and pastoral aspects of of what we do should be. But, you know, not everybody gives that in that way.
0: Indeed. Indeed. And lovely Mary Dixie is just saying a similar vein of energy is just talking. My circle is not just to develop for mediumship in whatever form, but to develop themselves and support each other through life traumas. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's family.
1: Circle is family,
0: really. It is. It's funny, isn't it? I often say this, so apologies, people, but, you know, we spend so much of our lives being whatever to other people, father, mother, sister, brother, friend, husband, lover, whatever there's a very, very thin layer of people that actually I include you and a number of people in the room tonight. I can talk to you, Mark, as me. Yeah. And we just talk. And you may disagree, we may agree or whatever, but, there, but there's nothing else there. No. You know, there's no hidden agendas. There's no... Um, the answer is given because that answer will steer it into benefiting me somehow. Yeah. It's just what it is. And that's what I think.
1: And I think honesty, you know, we, we've, we've come into an era where we have to be, you know, we want, we need to be honest with people, but we also need to be sensitive with people. You know, some people use honesty as a weapon, (laughs) you Mm. know, they're they're brutally to the point where it's, it's damaging whereas sometimes we can say to people you know i i you know glenn and i would talk about things and we'd agree to disagree as you just said there sometimes we talk about things and we have two very different viewpoints but it doesn't mean you're going to turn around and go oh god well you know if you can't agree with me i'm not going to talk to you anymore and it's not like that everybody you know we have to be able to to you know we're we're not in that person's shoes and it's again by discussing i mean glenn and i used to sit for ages and say well what do you think about this aspect of spiritualism? what do you think about that and what do you what what what's led you to this and what's led you to that thinking and you know and often you know and you know uh, um uh that even in the in even in the trance state some of the things that come through push against the the generally accepted spiritual if I say platitudes I don't mean it rudely but the spiritual yeah. platitudes that are often and, and Glenn and I used to discuss those when people would be told stuff you know a medium told me this and a medium told me that and and sometimes those things that may be all said in in the most well-meaning of terms can be psychologically damaging for someone and so sometimes these things come up and and again you know the mediums May have I, I've I one of my things because I um, had a lot of issues with mediums when I was younger, and they I nearly walked away from this movement as a working medium as a result. Um, my work after that became in supporting students who had been damaged and harmed by other mediums, who had walked away or or literally been crushed, and to to give them a sense of saying, do you realise this was never about you. This was about them and working with them to bring back their confidence in their mediumship, their own self and their own well-being to, to, to become the medium that they always were, but that had caused them the issue with somebody who was either jealous, frightened or, or whatever it may have been that caused the damage. But that became a big part of my work following that being done to me you know as a you know someone who survived and came through the other side of it and so you know there's a there's a lot of things that you know we can we can bring to the table to work with other people because there will be things that will go on that I will have had experience of that you wouldn't have and that someone else would have had experiences of and I wouldn't have And that's where we can bring in all our knowledge and our understanding in different ways um, to the table, you know, that we all have something to share and offer
0: and to support. Absolutely. I think when we get into this level of discussion with our peers, uh, the one thing that everybody should acknowledge is that nobody in that conversation needs validation for what they're saying. Mm. Because if you're going in on that energy, I want whatever I'm saying to be validated to me. It's, you're not talking to the person who you're meant to be talking to. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, I think I think to be able to to be able to open up about things, to be able to talk about things, you know, especially when we've gone through it, and and actually sometimes we we're not even wanting someone to give us an answer. We actually just need to be heard. We need to get it out of our system. And you know, somebody will turn around and go, Yeah, I've felt exactly like that. To know that it's not just you. You know, you sometimes look at the world and go, is it just me? Is it just me that's going through this? Is it just me that's coming up? You know, um, you know, when you get to that point and you just think, do you know what, I've had it. You can all go hang for I care. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go and do my own thing. Stuffed a lot of you, I'm off. And then you think you're the only one that's ever got to that point. And, of course, you're not. But just to hear that someone turns around and says, you know, I hear you, you know, I understand what what is it you need? And sometimes it's just I just needed to get it off my chest. And that can be enough to to bring it away, bring you away from that edge and just say, you know what? It's fine. I understand. I know. I know what this is. I know what you're going through you know, a bit like the long, dark night of the soul kind of thing. Um, and then you, you know, you come out the other side of it. And, you know, we all go through our big ups and our downs. We all have our, our challenges that are going to affect us. And and just to know you're not alone in it, you know, not necessarily searching for an answer. You're just knowing that the support is there, that the love is there, the listening is there, the care is there.
0: Indeed. And Adam Berry wholeheartedly agreeing with you there. Um he was saying I can really relate with what you were saying earlier. It's about nurturing. And also add some teachers being self-unaware can destroy students. It's very, very and, and, true.
1: And and some and some do it deliberately, as as I experienced in, in my years. Yeah. Yeah, a group of mediums that went around churches saying don't book him and certain churches didn't book me for years as a result because they decided to listen to the nastiness of a few people
0: yeah and that that energy sometimes manifests itself in our churches and centers mm. and it does frustrate me greatly that somebody will say a negative comment about somebody else and they will take that as gospel, signed, Mm. sealed, delivered, wrapped in a package, props on the table, no arguing with it. I can Um, remember
1: somebody saying that I would never serve in their church or walking through their doorstep of their church while they had breath in their body. And I met them once and they didn't even know who I was. Yeah. They didn't even know. And I thought, isn't that interesting? You've taken such a viewpoint on someone you've never met you've never seen and you don't even know who it is and then when you meet them you still don't even recognize who it is you're talking you know you're talking about and it's and that's sad but actually it shows that we're all um you know we all can get into that sort of judgment or taking someone's word as fact rather than going seeking out for ourselves you know again we're not everybody's cup of tea we don't have to be yeah. you know when we, we, you know if someone doesn't like you, you could do naked cartwheels through hoops of fire and they'll still not appreciate what you're doing. Not Mm. that that necessarily necessarily get everything, um, everyone's approval, but you can't, you know, it's not about that. We have to, we have to just realize, but for people to, to, to take certain stances without knowing, again, we don't always know There's the truth, there's three sides to the truth, their story, their story. And then there's the truth. Mm. Uh,
0: my um, disarma now. <clears throat> Same as you, we travel around, and if a conversation starts and you can feel where it's going, I'll just say, unless all the parties concerned are here talking, I don't want to hear another word. Yeah. So we will don't just don't drag stop. me into the drama. Uh, exactly. About the naked cartwheels through hoops of fire, you're here in April, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. It's all right. I'm too hairy to go through cartwheels of fire. I'd, turn into, when...
1: like a, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd turn into a burning Ewok. I'd just be a tumbling ball of fire. If all my hair Oh,
0: no. Out. Not a burning Ewok. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Probably more <laughs>
1: like Chewbacca than an Ewok. I'm a bit taller than an Ewok. <laughs> <coughs>
0: Reverend Ashley, thank you for sharing, Mark, and for your work to unpick damage done to other spiritual people, even with the best intentions. In worst cases, spiritual abuse and manipulation can happen in any faith relationship where there is a power differential. It happens more often than we care to address and in ways that can be very spiritually and psychologically damaging. Mm-hmm. It is a fascinating subject. We must be vigilant and challenge it when we come across people who have been upset by unwary teachers. Yeah. Thank you, Reverend Ashley. Very, very true. Mm-hmm. And also a very pertinent point as well to point out this happens yeah. not just here. This happens oh, in the whole gamut yeah. of our society. Lovely Suzette Carlisle Thorley. Good evening, darling. Very relevant for you words, Mark. Thank you, yes, that. Sure. Tim Abbott. Goodness me. This is... Evening, Tim. <laughs> Good evening, Mr. Abbott, sir. I believe you're out in Sweden. Are you not, at the moment? Oh. Uh, sadly, I think the skilled teacher replaces the lack of ability. Maybe aggressive mediumship should be nurtured and fed and supported by the tutor. Sadly, some teachers don't have the ability to oh. do that. Very true, Tim. Very true. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, when you take on that role of becoming a teacher or a mentor, it is not to be taken on lightly no. in any way. And you've really got to work hard at it. Yeah. You really, often, really have you know, if
1: you're if you're working with people in 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 all these different states of awareness, you are gonna stuff is gonna come up from them. And you know, you might you might know your stuff with with mediumship, uh, you know, in different ways. But what about when when someone starts to have a meltdown about certain aspects of their life, or you know? And so some people sort of take on the role of of you know teaching people and taking people, not necessarily any people in particular. Um, but I've known people where stuff's happened, and the person that they're sitting with or working with, um, just kind of knows how to run a circle. And then when emotional stuff happens, and when stuff comes up, and uh, and the, the the lack of support because they they don't haven't realised that might come up in a circle, might come up with working with people or you know working with healing, and then all this trauma starts coming out of people, and you know, and we have to be aware of that. I mean, recently I've had I've again in in the private work that I do with people um, supporting people, there's there's been things where you know there's there's severe mental health and situations that are coming up and and it's been handled by mediums rather than looking at the mental health and the emotional health of an individual they've been telling them it's 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 spirits doing it when actually you can see it's the mental health of an individual and so it's actually compounding an error and and making things worse than better um for an individual. and again, I've seen that even in in circles you know and you know again we've got to be we whether we're working as a medium or platform doing healing with people teaching people listening to people supporting people doing private sittings whatever it may be running a workshop doing a circle we're holding a person's life in our hands when we work with them as mediums and healers etc and and we have to be very aware of the seeds that we plant in the mind the things that we say the way we respond to people um because even a response uh, an off response, or or a dismissive response, or a lack of response, can actually, you know, have a profound effect. And and again, you know, the the sensitivity um, and the awareness that someone needs, excuse me, to deal with other people. And again, we've all we've all said things and then afterwards gone, oh, I shouldn't have said that. But you know, sometimes there is a there's there's a great lack of understanding in how to deal with people um you know because you you know you are you are dealing with sensitive people and so people need to be handled in the
0: right way and you need to understand people to do that very much so lovely Ann Bennett put this comment I know a lot of people come into spiritualism through bereavement or sometimes they have had trauma plus sometimes Mm -hmm. they have had mental health conditions I think those in higher positions need to be wary of accepting the people, yes. these people fragile into developing mediums or healers. Yes. Before they have managed to help heal themselves. What do yeah. you both think? Absolutely. I've had in in
1: the years of my teaching, there are people who I have said for their own health and well-being, um, I have refused to to train because um, I've said, I feel that your conditions and your situations are too problematic, and that when we open the doorway to looking at the spirit world, it may exacerbate the problem, not help it. And it's, it's not many people, um, but there have to be these times when you look at people, you see what's going on with them, you look at where their mind is taking them, because the mind is the navigator. Um, I'll give you an example. There used to be a lady, we used to sit in open circle. Uh, I was taking an open circle at church many years ago. And every time we did like a little sitting in the parallel, this was even before I met Glynn. so this is how long ago it is. No matter where I'd take them in a meditation, there would always be devastation and there would always be trauma. And so every week I thought, where can I take them in a journey where this one lady can't possibly have anything but a lovely experience? And so I thought, I know tonight we'll take them to a beautiful desert island, beautiful tropical beach, white sand, turquoise water, lovely sunshine ahead, couple of palm trees, nobody else around, so you can have nothing but a beautiful, peaceful experience. And so as we went round the circle, everyone was talking about their lovely time of, of sitting and anyway. And then we got to this one lady. And, um, and I said, so how was it for you tonight? She said, well, it was lovely until the plane crashed into the middle of the island and there were bodies strewn everywhere. And everyone in the room was kind of like, because again, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, I said, so I took her aside afterwards and I said, look, can I ask you something? What, what do you think of the world? What is your view of, of what this world is? And she said, she said this world is a terrible place filled with evil people and awful things. And I said, look, I said, what I'd like you to do is go away and, and really look at how that is and, and be supported that it isn't actually an awful, awful world. There are awful things and there are awful people, but that's not everyone and everything. But I said, as you're sitting, your belief that the world is a bad place and bad stuff just happens all the time and will always happen, and probably you feel it always happens to you all the time, is, is clouding the beauty of you just sitting to connect. And, and I said, you know, so it, this this isn't helping you because every time we're sitting you, you're, you're sitting and it's becoming this dark and depressive place. So, you know, there needs to be that love and that support, you know, go and have healing, go and get support. Go, but it was, you know, it was interesting. And years later, I met her again and she said, oh, I miss, I miss being in the circle because I used to have such lovely meditations. <sighs>
0: <laughs> and I kind
1: of thought, and that's how our mind will work. It will put the rosy glow on afterwards. And and she she loved it and enjoyed it. But you know, it, it shows how the mind, if we're in that negative space, if we're in that problematic space, then what we perceive as maybe being the other world, which often it isn't, it's our own subconscious and it's our own in you know, underlying beliefs, will will kind of cause us problems. And you know, those kind of things can be addressed because we all have our underlying fears and issues. But, you know, when there's something much, much more serious, then there has to be a responsibility, as as Anne talks about, to say, do you know what? You need to get yourself sorted out before we look at any of this. And this may not be the journey for you at this point. You know, what about you? Because obviously, you know, with the church, you've got a, a very different perspective on it again, Lawrence.
0: No, uh, absolutely. I think with me is you've got to obey the truth. And we have uh, people coming into our church, many different people, different uh, driving forces bringing them in. When it comes to either circle work or maybe workshop work or our healing group work, we are innate, sensitive people. Um, we're not right all the time. You mm-hmm. know, Nobody is. However, we're usually more right than we are wrong and you will get somebody all right i want to sit in a healing group and you actually, you think do you know what yeah yeah you will you will you will fit in there nicely then you get people oh, i want to sit in an open circle well one of the easiest things is like why yeah why Literally do you want, you know and then you can start to build that picture of where they're coming from some people <clears throat> We can direct maybe away from any form of reaching out type of condition. So open circle, Mm. reaching out to spirit, uh, development, reaching out to spirit, to a receiving. So attending the healing sessions, bringing that in. And also, and sadly, there have been occasions where I've just had to say to people, I haven't got the tools to help you. Mm. And you coming here is not going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. You've just got to be really honest. We're running a church, we want to embrace everybody, but I'm very good at knowing my limitations and going to a point of saying, "Do you know, whatever the reason is, I cannot assist this person anymore. And allowing this to continue is not only going to be damaging to themselves, it will be damaging to others also.
1: Safeguarding you know it's become a very popular term i mean i i work with a with a charity doing mentorship work for people who want to be involved in holistic business and you know we have to talk about it because it's particularly for um sen um vulnerable adults and people with with who've had difficulties in life that then may prohibit them sometimes from going back into the workplace and so safeguarding is a is a is kind of a big part of of what we have to look at as well is to make sure that you know is there any issues here and and are we making sure that we're doing the right thing and saying the right thing and offering the right support and if we can't knowing that we have to be able to refer um to people and that's that's the big thing you know i mean i've got i've had over the years lots of students who are nurses gp doctors uh, people in um, mental health care capacities of all different forms, and you know, and so I've I've had lovely interactions with people who have been able to really. I can say I know someone who'll know about that, and and I you know I can ask what you need or where you need support or whatever. And I think again, as part of our pastoral care, we can't necessarily do all of those things. We have to be able to say, do you know what, you know this is where I would suggest you start looking. This is where these are people I would suggest you contact. These are the things you need to look at and think about.
0: Very true. And that referral process in itself, that is of assistance, although Mm -hmm. at the time it may not be received in that energy. Yeah. You know, um, Spirit One said to me something, and I went, why have you told me that? And they said, what do you want to do? Save 50 or let down – save five or let down 50. Mm. And it was at a time I was really overworking myself.
1: Yeah.
0: And I went, okay. Okay yeah. I'm listening. Yeah, I am listening. I get that. Definitely.
1: Mark, what
0: a stupendous
1: We're at theme. time we could go on for hours. I know we could. We normally do. This is short. <laughs> this is a short conversation isn't it Lawrence? My word. <laughs>
0: Well, in fourteen hours, we're going to be back here again. Not you, but um, the lovely Irene no, Hall. I've got, I've got two other lots of, of services tomorrow. <laughs> oh yes, yes, you are busy, buddy. Yeah, aren't morning you? and evening tomorrow night. yeah. Absolutely beautiful evening, Mark. And I know we will repeat oh, yes. it. Thank you. We touch on it. You know what? There's lots of topics tonight that uh, warrant and a deeper, deeper investigation, just in their own merit. Very much. Thank you so much, everybody who's joined us tonight. Apologies, I can't get round to every statement or question uh, put in. They've been absolutely flooding in. Huge thank you to all of you joining us. I hope you've taken, if you've just taken one thing from tonight and you can go to work on that, mm. happy days. You know, absolutely. that's what we're about. So we look forward to seeing everybody again next week. At the moment, I have no speaker lined up. Uh, this time last week, I didn't have Matt lined up. So <laughs> and look what happened. Didn't have it until yesterday afternoon. I mean, I know. know. <laughs> <laughs> it was just as we were talking. I went, "Oh, there you go." <laughs>
1: Spontaneity is always wonderful. That's yeah. the that's the thing. That and that's what and that's the lovely thing. We can just come on and talk about whatever we want to talk about. And, and reach out and connect and I think that's the lovely thing you know that's as I say it's the beauty of what we have here which we've never which we've never had before indeed you know so adversity indeed. has brought about some wonderful connections so you know thank you Lawrence for for all of these that you
0: do because you do lots so much We really do it's wonderful pleasure and I, th- I think also too we if we acknowledge more so the beautiful subtle way that spirit influence us uh none of these nights happen by chance uh. all these nights looking at the names in coming up here i'm just like oh my goodness <laughs> but and that was this is the topic we're talking about so yeah, yeah if, if spirit engineer maneuver uh manipulate threaten, cajole <laughs> us into doing things, and everybody does their thing, uh, but it's just acknowledging and saying thank oh. you, I love it, I absolutely love it. Mark, yeah. you're a little sweetie, I'm never going to me, in fact I'm never going to get the image of a burning Ewok out of my mind now <laughs> it ruins... a flaming Wookiee a flaming <laughs>
1: Wookiee
0: <Yeah. laughs> sounds like, oh <laughs> i'm gonna make a cocktail a flaming wookie yes That's there the we one. go yeah. <laughs> it'll involve it'll involve a hamster and a sambuca <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh dear it won't everybody all right <laughs> Just before the comments start Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, everybody. Have a beautiful, wonderful night. Uh, if you're watching us tonight, if you're watching us and catch up in the future, where were you? Why weren't you here? <laughs> Have a wonderful time. It's good night from me. Take
1: care, everyone. God bless.